0: The search for joy. I'm Jamie Deep. Like many people, I've struggled with finding and figuring out what joy means to me. And so to help me in my search for joy, I've decided to talk to people from all walks of life. I chatted with them in their favorite places in Eugene, Oregon to get their take on joy and what it means to them in their work and in their life. The only thing is I don't want to get in the way of their story. And so for now, I'm going to stop talking and let our first guest take the reins. Here is Kate Mills.
1: There's something really fun and somewhat unique happening during adolescence where the brain is still developing in a substantial way. I mean the brain is always changing throughout our life but there is a very specific process that's happening uh, from birth into late adolescence for humans and the heightened cognitive capacities that adolescents have compared to children and the heightened agency you know to be able to make decisions for themselves and have some More control over the experiences they have relative to children uh, makes it a really unique time in which humans can shape their own brain's architecture and how, in a way that I think a lot of adults wish they could, but they're at a point where, you know, the clay may be somewhat set at that point. I don't want to say that adults can't change the brain because they definitely can, but not to the extent that you would see in a developing individual my name is Kate Mills my pronouns are she and her and I am an assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of Oregon. So we are on the paved path along the Willamette River on the south side heading from campus westward. This is one of my favorite places in Eugene I bike it on the way to work and on the way home each day and it if I've had a hard day, it usually fixes that. And if I'm anticipating some things in the day, if, I'm, if I get to bike along this path, I'm at peace. And it's just, it's beautiful. I'm, I, I love the Willamette River. I love this piece of land right here, and I feel really privileged to be able to bike uh, in, from my home into my work every day. I don't know if I could actually give a psychological definition of joy because psychologists are really specific about how we use certain terms. I'd feel strange giving a psychological definition of joy, but personally, I mean, it's a sense of happiness and connection and contentment and reception. Reception of whatever you're in at that moment is how I would define joy. When... I was an undergrad up at Portland State. My paid job was as an advocate for unhoused youth. Um, So I'd spend the night at shelter a couple nights a week. And a lot of the young people, I really wanted to figure out, you know, how, how can we as adults provide better structured support so that people get what they need and how can adults better understand young people so that they're not demonized or you know treated in such a way that a lot of unhoused youth are are treated I was also very fortunate to find a, a researcher up in Portland when I was there who was studying brain development and that's how I ended up in developmental cognitive neuroscience in particular because um, there are just really amazing folks there who really cared about young people and supporting young people So my research has primarily been, for the last decade, on brain development and how the brain develops mostly through childhood and adolescence, and also focus on adolescence as a really magical time, I believe it is the most magical time or developmental period, uh, and how, when we go through the period of adolescence, how we navigate our environments during this time. I find a lot of joy thinking about how each period has its own strengths and that we can learn from these different developmental periods. I see this on both sides of the spectrum of age where we might think we hit our pinnacle of our capacities. If everything's the best we should just strive for like what we were like as adults in our, you know, forties or thirties and that we're kind of deficient when we're younger and that we're deficient when we're older, but that is not the case at all and there's still lots that we have at different periods that are unique skills and that as a society, we really need to honor individuals of different ages and incorporate them into our society throughout, you know, throughout the society. The main thing that we're studying right now is how we think about other people. One thing that we study is the sense of reward we get from engaging with other people, the kind of social interactions that we find viscerally rewarding. And I think that that can vary for individuals. And uh, adolescence is a time when one of the major tasks is to connect with others, and specifically one's peers. So understanding how, how much joy for instance a teenager gets out of thinking about other people's mental states, talking with other people, being in social situations. We were just taking a look at some data very recently and it's not surprising that for instance on average some sixth graders that are involved in a study that um, we're conducting right now are reporting high levels of social reward when engaging with other people and being in social situations and that's encouraging because that motivation is really important in order to overcome the difficulties when establishing intimacy and friendships that's something that increases during this time and without feeling or a sense of reward from it, it might be hard to sustain during the difficult times. I don't want to speak on behalf of teenagers as someone who's you know far past that that period but I think in particular the middle school time is awkward because we're navigating Different emerging cognitive and emotional capacities, and ways that we're viewing other people and viewing ourselves, and that's a lot to deal with. Especially when you're dealing with it internally, and then have to think about it in terms of who do I want to share this with? You know, maybe the guardians, the family members, are not the people we want to share some of these new things that we're navigating with. But I didn't. It's even harder to identify who we may want to share this emerging moment with. Um, In in terms of our peers and so just sorting that out and figuring out who do I click with how can I find who I click with who I will be able to establish a friendship with and so we are actually looking at how the way in which we think about other people our profiles of thinking about others um, how that might help us in navigating friendships at this time which I hope that people can have different strategies and they work for them and and that's what we find is like hey maybe some people take this approach and that's working out for them and some people are taking this approach. So my lab is actually transitioning to focus some of our research on climate anxiety and helping young people especially children and adolescents navigate learning about and dealing with all the changes that are occurring in the climate and You know, some of this can be very visceral when people are actually experiencing the impact of wildfires, for instance. And some of them are grounded in developmental psychological research in the sense that how young people perceive their likelihood of early mortality or early death can have a big impact on how they then navigate their lives. And I really want to figure out ways in which we can support young people to be able to work through this in a way that's not going to destroy them. Um, you know, the best thing would be to do a lot of action so that we can ward off climate catastrophes. But um, without that, I think where I am in terms of my training or the, the power that I hold would be about trying to help young people and support the, uh, be able to support them psychologically. So professionally what brings me joy is working with people and I really love collaborative science. I think I I thrive when I'm working with a student and I see them you know succeed and, and do well and have these great opportunities and discover things and I think that that's that's a high motivation for me to engage in research is the social aspect. Personally I mean most of my joy comes from Spending time with my children, I have a seven and a three-year-old, and spending time really tending the earth. Um, we, you know, we have a garden over at the Whitaker Community Gardens. That particular spot that I'm able to, you know, revisit each year and, and try new things and see how how things have grown and what I can do different. Now I grow flowers, vegetables, mostly summer summer plants, summer vegetables. Um, strawberries also and raspberries actually my daughter and i got some seeds for a specific kind of strawberry grown in japan she goes to the japanese immersion school here in eugene eugene and she then forgot about it so my son and i prepped them and planted them and they did well and now i think this is the first year they're actually um, have flowers and so i'm really excited to see if we're able to to have some fruit this year might be next year though we are now at the end of the bike route as it merges onto the street that will cross Franklin and lead us to a complex of buildings, including where my lab is, which is the Lewis Integrative Sciences building. <laughs> at the end of the bike path that was along the river, which we walked along today.
0: And with that, we've reached the end of our first episode. I want to give a huge thank you to Kate for taking time out of her day to speak with me about joy, and I want to thank you, listener, for taking time out of your day to tune in. I really hope that you learned something from this podcast and can take that new knowledge into your life somehow. I will continue figuring out what joy means, and I'll catch you in the next episode. For the Emerald Podcast Network, this is Jamie Deep, signing off.